0: Welcome to Exhibition, and Xbox podcast, episode number 41. My name is Samuel Adams, and this is a weekly show dedicated entirely to the world of Xbox, bringing you everything you need to know to keep yourself in the loop. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. You can find the show each and every Sunday on YouTube and on podcast services around the world at 10 a.m. Eastern time. But as you can see, if you're watching the video version of the show, or you might even be able to tell via audio, I'm changing up my mic setup, changing up my cameras a bit. It's spring. There's rebirth in the air, and I wanted to kind of switch things up a bit. So we're using the Wave 3 from Elgato. I've changed the camera angle a bit, adjusted the lighting more, you know, small little touches that really make a podcast feel like home. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. If I sound good, look good, all of that good stuff. But in terms of what we are talking about today, it was a very big week because Elden Ring is continuing to sell like hotcakes. Halo Infinite Season 2 has finally gotten some details and for some people, including me, They're a bit frustrating, if I'm being honest with you. But on top of that, Microsoft is making Xbox Cloud Gaming and PC Game Pass even better with some very, very good new bells and whistles, plenty of big stories to dive into. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. If you haven't heard, there's this little indie game out called Elden Ring. Of course, I'm being facetious. This is one of the biggest releases of the year. It's one that people have been looking forward to for a very long time, and it has finally hit digital and physical store shelves. And it looks like people are snatching up those copies left and right because Elden Ring is the biggest non FIFA or Call of Duty launch since Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, this is according to the UK digital charts, more sales figures are going to be pouring in in the weeks ahead, but this thing is selling incredibly well. In fact, its sales are 2.5 times higher than that of last week's big new release, PlayStation's Horizon Forbidden West, reports Christopher Dring over at gamesindustry.biz. Its week one sales are bigger than Cyberpunk 2077 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which delivered significant opening sales back in 2020. Now, it is important to note it has skyrocketed to the top of the Digital Top 10 in the UK, reported on by GSD, right in front of FIFA 22. At number three, we have Horizon Forbidden West, followed by Grand Theft Auto 5 once again, then Horizon Zero Dawn, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, NBA 2K22, Uncharted The Nathan Drake Collection, XCOM 2, and Grid Legends getting in there at number 10. It's also at the top of the combined physical and digital top 10, right in front of Horizon Forbidden West and FIFA. 22, and then you have some more games that go on down the list. But in short, Elden Ring is doing incredibly well. And 29% of the sales were on Xbox, with 30% on PC and 32% on PlayStation. So in general, pretty close in terms of market share. Now, my big question is: Xbox is a combined figure here. So how many of these are on Xbox One versus Xbox Series X and S? I would love to learn more about that because you see PS5 and PS as four are delineated here in the rundown. But no matter how you cut it, this is immediately a game changer for From Software. The big question is, what do they work on next? Do they make a sequel to Bloodborne in the PlayStation world? Do they continue creating multi-platform experiences? Do they do both? Uh, and I think that what this does is immediately free them up in such a big financial way uh, that really they can do whatever they want uh, at this point because Elden Ring is being very well received. It was one of the highest-rated games. I I've seen in quite some time, I believe it landed at a 97 on Metacritic, as we discussed on last week's show, and for good reason, it's a very good-looking, good-playing game that continues to get updates that make it run even better on hardware that's already out there. So with all of that being considered, I'm excited to see what FromSoftware does. And as I said on last week's show, this is not a game that I ever have any intention of playing. It's just not my cup of tea. But I know a ton of people out there do enjoy Elden Ring for what it is. Uh, And it is also worth noting, more and more people are enjoying it. Because according to Benji Sales over on Twitter, who is a fantastic resource, he says already signs Elden Ring, le- uh, excuse me, already signs Elden Ring's legs are going to be very strong. It has set a new concurrent players peak on Steam and its second weekend at 953,426 players. Now, just to take a break really quickly, that's just on Steam. That's just on PC. That does not include PlayStation or Xbox players. That's just PC. Picking up, It surpassed New World to become the sixth biggest game ever on Steam. And as he says, this is very rare. Most games peak on their first weekend. This game is just going to continue getting bigger. Now, my question is, after this second weekend, now that the word of mouth effect has kind of boosted this game's sales and more and more people are jumping on board, will week three continue to see growth? If I had to guess, it very well could, but I think that it might decline. That's just my intuition uh, because this is such a rare occurrence to begin with, and I think that the majority of novice players that might not have ever gotten into a Souls game will be checking it out this week because of the amount of people talking about it on social media, Uh, but will that carry over into week three? Personally, I don't think so. Now, what this game does have is the advantage that outside of PlayStation's Horizon Forbidden West, there really isn't one big game to cater to a wide audience that's coming out right now. Elden Ring has kind of come out at a very good time, where the majority of big releases, uh, like from the PlayStation side, Gran Turismo 7, or Horizon Forbidden West, or from the Nintendo side, uh, you have Arceus. Those are kind of niche games where the Elden Ring player may not want to partake in any of those. And in general, somebody that likes uh, more of a gothic kind of setting, more of a uh, knights in shining armor kind of thing, you know, Uh, that style of combat, they might be more inclined to go for this. And I certainly don't think that Elden Ring is a niche in any kind of way, shape, or form. I think this is something uh, that could be appealing to so many people just because it is approachable. It's intimidating when you get in there, but it is a game that at its core is just defeating enemies and bosses with various weapons. And I think that's something uh, that could appeal to a lot of people. Uh, Now, in the Xbox world, it's come out at a very ideal time because as we all know, if you are a regular Xbox player, there isn't much out right now. There just is not much happening in the world of Xbox. You see some very big Xbox Game Pass editions, like this week. We have Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy coming. I've been digging into some indies, like I played Far Changing Tides over the weekend. I've also been checking out Death's Door. I wrapped that one up over the weekend. And I'm continuing to kind of grind through these smaller experiences. Uh, But in terms of big AAA releases... There just really isn't anything right now. Now, the back half of the year has Starfield, a new Forza potentially, uh, stuff like that. But on the front half, just not much going on. And so Elden Ring is a great way to kind of fill that gap on top of diving into the backlog. Uh, So congratulations to the team over at FromSoftware. Fantastic job on this one. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they follow up with. Uh, But in general, really good to see Elden Ring really fulfilling fans expectations and having the legs, uh, that this game really kind of deserves because this was one of the most anticipated games in quite some time. And it's one of the few games that has come out in the past couple of years. That's really delivered on the promises that they set out to fulfill. And I think that's something that is totally worth rewarding. Now, as you guys know, I don't talk about Call of Duty as much as I used to because Vanguard didn't really tickle my itch. I did not buy the game last year after playing the beta on top of that. Black Ops Cold War was good, but it didn't hook me as much as I thought that it would. And I think that comes down to my personal taste shifting over the years. But... All of that to the side, I'm a sucker for some nostalgia, and back in the day, in 2010 and 2011, Black Ops was my game. I grinded that thing for hundreds of hours. And it looks like we're getting a bit of a throwback here because, Treyarch writes on Twitter, Surprise! We've got new content dropping tomorrow in Black Ops Cold War. The WMD multiplayer map, a Black Ops 1 remaster, is now in the game, along with the Vargo 52 Assault Rifle in Multiplayer and Zombies. And you also have the Tracer pack. There are more details on the Call of Duty blog if you would like them. But WMD was one of my favorite maps in the original Black Ops. It was really one uh, that captured what I wanted in Call of Duty. It was very well designed, well laid out. uh, And in general, I'm excited to dive back in. I will be reinstalling this. I will be checking it out this week. And uh, as we'll talk about in a couple of moments with Halo Infinite, uh, I think this coming week for me personally is going to be a very multiplayer heavy week for me because you have some new playlists dropping in Halo. You've got a throwback map coming to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, a Call of Duty that I do own on Next Gen. So I think it's time to kind of head on back. And uh, of course, I love uh, getting back into that 80s, 70s kind of aesthetic. I loved whenever the promos for Call of Duty Black Ops came out back in 2010, I believe. Yes, 2010. Uh, and you had had some Rolling Stone, some Gimme Shelter, kind of, you know, the Vietnam War feeling to it. I loved that kind of stuff. And so it'll be fun to dive back in and check this one out with a new fresh set of eyes. Now, of course, nostalgia glasses uh, really do kind of change the way you see things. So who knows? Could be trash. But hey, I'm going to give it a shot either way. Next up, we have a pair of announcements that improve the PC gaming experience with Xbox and the cloud gaming experience with Xbox as well. First and foremost, Microsoft's Xbox app now lets you install PC games to any folder. This is fantastic comes from Tom Warren over at The Verge who writes This will greatly improve the game install process from the Windows Store allowing PC gamers to install titles to any folder of their choice with unrestricted access to game files. It should address the many headaches of installing games from PC Game Pass and Windows users should be able to back up game files and restore them in the future. Microsoft previously forced Windows users to install PC games from its app store into a dedicated Windows apps folder at the root drive while additional storage drives were supported you could not install games into a folder of your choice or freely move them around or modify files. This is good because it also opens up potential for modding. So in short, as they say here in the subhead, the Xbox app is becoming more like Steam. So you can do more with the games that you either have through PC Game Pass or that you purchase. And I, for one, think that's fantastic because when it comes to creating a subscription service or even an ecosystem that gets PC players in the door, it has to be no holds barred giving you the full PC gaming experience. And I think until this point, the Xbox app has been kind of just a dedicated place where you could play Halo, but it seems more appealing to install things through Steam. Or even if you have something like PC Game Pass, uh, just because of that freedom of being able to mod your games and move them around on your PC, uh, you might buy them on the Epic Game Store or on Steam. And so being able to come and give players the features that they want to have uh, and deliver on that kind of promise really improves Microsoft's reputation in the PC space as they continue to bolster this subscription service and make windows gaming a bigger focus for their future and for the future of xbox as a brand so fantastic to see this but on top of that the cloud is getting even better because microsoft will let you play xbox cloud games with a mouse and keyboard they say it's coming now this is something that could be coming in the distant future it could be coming soon if i had to guess this feels like a fall kind of announcement and I don't really think it was intended to be announced. But this also comes from The Verge, this time from Sean Hollister, who writes, The newest Microsoft Flight Simulator is one of the most demanding games ever made, and yet now you can play it on a shitty PC or an original Xbox One with the power of Microsoft's cloud. There's just one big hole. You can't play currently play. Excuse me, there's a typo here. You can't currently play Xbox with a mouse and keyboard because Xbox Cloud Gaming only supports gamepads and Touch for now. But according to Microsoft Flight Simulator boss, Jorg Newman, that's about the change. Mouse and keyboard control is coming. Newman spilled the beans in a Flight Simulator video Q&A via Windows Central, where he says it will be platform-level support, meaning theoretically any Xbox Cloud game could offer mouse and keyboard control. Here's the transcript of the most relevant part. Quote, This is a platform level support, so it has nothing to do with us. Obviously, mouse and keyboard works for our SIM. So the platform team is working on this. And no, I can't give a date because it's the platform team. I don't know their dates, but it's coming. And we are also talking about making touch work. While he's not sure when it's coming, Newman suggests we might see it as soon as this summer. I would say it's in the next months, it's not weeks, and it might be. I'm hoping it will be done by June or so, but I can't ever tell. Everybody wants it, I want it, and so it's coming. Now we'll stop there. This is something that I've been wanting for quite some time ever since browser support was first added for the cloud gaming experience because I used to log into cloud gaming at work during lunch and I had an hour long lunch where I could do whatever I wanted. And so I'd boot up Halo or I'd boot up some Forza or something along those lines, but I always had to have an Xbox controller. I always had to load one of these bad boys up in my book bag and bring it with me to work. And so rather than having to bring one of these to work, it would have been so nice to be able to just use the mouse and keyboard that I already had in front of me. Uh, and for lower end gaming PCs, this is a fantastic way to experience something like Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, but even when it comes to gaming laptops that might be a couple of years older, or even just basic Surface laptops, like the one that I have in my living room, uh, it would be fantastic to be able to dive in and play games on a lunch break. The key here is, is to make it convenient. And I think that Microsoft has been really promoting convenience when they talk about coming to wherever players are playing, Uh, you know, you meet the gamers where they are. And so whether that's through touch controls, whenever I'm on the train on the way to work, or whether it's through my Xbox itself with a dedicated controller, or whether it's through my gaming PC with a mouse and keyboard, it's important to tear down every possible boundary standing between someone and the game that they want to play. And so I think that is where this kind of functionality comes into play where I could go to play.xbox.com and dig in. And I think that's something uh, that is going to be fantastic. But between these two stories where you have the PC games that can be installed on any folder and the cloud gaming without any kind of additional accessory needed you can plug in a mouse and keyboard. These are two phenomenal examples of Microsoft really tearing down those boundaries that stand between players and the games that they want to play. Uh, So it sounds like the summer is going to be very exciting. And on top of both of these features, there's also the potential for a family subscription of Game Pass, perhaps a cloud exclusive uh, edition of Game Pass, where you could get a more affordable subscription. You could pay a couple of extra bucks and have multiple people per account, Uh, really giving players options when it comes to how they play. Uh, I think that's what you're going to be seeing this summer in terms of where they play on hardware and in terms of what they pay for. Uh, I think that's something that's going to be a little bit more versatile. And of course, we've all talked about hardware, streaming sticks, potentially apps installed on Roku TVs. Uh, That kind of functionality is on the way. And Xbox is all in on the cloud, just like the bigger Microsoft Corporation is. Uh, So I would say it's going to be a pretty exciting season ahead. Stay tuned. We'll keep it all right here on the show. And now we have today's main story, Halo Infinite's March 2022 update from Joseph Staten himself, who certainly has a lot to share in terms of what's coming in the months ahead for Halo Infinite. He starts off by saying, I'm here to answer two questions that we know are top of mind for the Halo community. What is the Halo Infinite team working on right now, and when can we expect new content and features? I'll start with brief answers and then get into more detail, including sharing some new info on what's coming with Season 2. This is the focus of the Halo Infinite team in priority order. Number one, addressing issues negatively impacting the player base. Number two, completing season two and delivering it as promised on May 3rd. And number three, continuing work on campaign co-op, Forge, and season three. Now, I've gone through and made a couple of notes just for brevity's sake, but before we get into priorities one through three, there is priority zero, which is, quote, team health with an emphasis on getting ourselves into a sustainable development rhythm so that we can deliver great experiences to all of you while keeping a healthy work-life balance. Priority zero means that we sometimes need to move slower so that we can move faster later. Frankly, these last few months have been slower than we expected, and we sincerely thank you for your patience as we stay true to the priorities above, end quote. By all means, that is the most important part of this entire development process. Keeping those people happy, keeping work-life balance, that is all very important. Now, with that being said, they have three priorities that they are going to be focusing on. The first of these are critical issues. These are those negatively impacting the experience with the game, and they specifically mention Spartan Career, which is performance based XP, where you can have a game where you get 25 kills and you earn an incredible amount of XP as compared to those games where you get five kills or you like me and you go five and 27. Uh, those are the games that are going to be earning more awards in the future. On top of that, there are also going to be ongoing anti-cheat improvements. So whenever you see somebody who is floating across the map or using aim bots, that kind of thing, you are going to be seeing less and less of that. Now there are no dates for when these updates will roll out, but those are priorities and I'm looking forward to learning more about that Spartan career specifically because that's something that has been on the docket since day one for me is that XP is only earned through challenges. Now I did complete the battle pass. I did not buy any of the levels. I grinded all the way through it all the way up to level 100. But those challenges weren't fun. I didn't enjoy those challenges. Uh, Now there are some that are fun. And there are some that are challenging as the name challenges does hint at, but that's not how I'm used to experiencing games. And it's not as fun as being able to grind something like a Call of Duty or even like the regular Master Chief collection where you do get a lot more experience based on your kills, based on your objectives. Uh, That is how I prefer to play the game. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that. And I understand why it's taking so long because you want to integrate challenges, but you also want to be able to integrate earned XP. And then you have this 100 level battle pass that has to be thought of and that has to be integrated into this experience. And it already has a system that people don't really like that much. So you have to change how you're currently doing things while also baking in something that's entirely new and meshing the two together. And if you don't do it properly, then the community is going to destroy you once again, as many people already have, depending on the conversation and the day. So it's very difficult, but they write, quote, We are working on a public-facing version of the hot list, similar to what the studio did during the Master Chief collection updates, so that all of you will have a clear and constant window into the status of hot list issues as we work to address them, end quote. So a couple of points here. A Trello board would solve this problem instantaneously. Throw all of your in-progress work on a Trello board, shoot the link out, and people can check and see what the progress is on specific new updates. That kind of thing is always a good option. But then you also bring the Master Chief Collection into this. And so my problem here is that the Master Chief Collection was a horrendous launch. It was devastating for the Xbox One, and it did push a lot of people off. And it kept people away for a significant amount of that console's life. Now, towards the end of the console's generation, uh, really, you could say mid Halo the Master Chief Collection improved drastically. It was the experience that people wanted, and it remains the experience that people want today. But it was a disaster. And when you think about how long it took to improve that, I have a concern when Halo the Master Chief Collection is being used as a comparative example for Halo Infinite. I don't think the launch was that bad, but it's clear that after six months, something has to change. Regular updates have to happen more frequently. That is key. Now, keeping priority zero in mind, where the health and work-life balance of players is still, or I should say, work-life balance of employees is still a priority. There still has to be some level of urgency and communication, letting people know when things are happening and an improvement of that cadence. It's got to happen because season number two is on the way. This is priority number two coming on May 3rd. Season one wraps up on May the 2nd. The theme is going to be lone wolves, and Joseph Staden writes, quote, Lone Wolf Spartans are hunters, trackers. They're resourceful improvisers, operating deep in enemy territory without resupply or support. They're fierce, rugged, and prefer to work alone, but they're still loyal to the Spartan pack, end quote. Now, within this season, you have a free Fracture armor core and free Lone Wolves armor core as well. You can see the Fracture one here, and I believe this is the Lone Wolf one coming here. Uh, Well, I should say this is Spartan Sigurd Eklund on the left and Spartan Hoden on the right. You can learn more about them and spend more time with them in the season ahead. There are going to be story bits and pieces as well, told through various cinematics, story-themed events, battle pass items, and more. But then here is what you have with the free Fracture Armor Core. Now, this is a big call out to something along the lines of a fallout, something along the lines of a doom. It does invoke those kinds of emotions. Uh, But it is going to be very interesting, and some leaks have suggested that this fractured armor core is going to be uh, World War II themed. And you can kind of tell that by uh, the color schemes, and leaks do kind of hint at that, but the boots also give it away a bit. Uh, So look forward to learning more about that in the weeks ahead. And again, this is just concept painting, so I'm sure that we'll be seeing more updates soon. Uh, But you also have two new maps, one arena map and one big team battle map. The arena map is called Catalyst. The big team battle map is called Breaker. Here you can see Breaker, which looks to be a kind of orange in hue, big one of those uh, big mining installations. And then you have a Forerunner style big team battle map here. Or I should say I got those reversed. Uh, The mining camp is going to be uh, Breaker, which is the big team battle map. And then Catalyst is going to be the arena map here with the forerunner style appearance to it. Two new maps. We're getting two new maps in season two. I want to talk about that for a minute. We've got to get more content in this game. We have got to. Now, I was listening to uh, the Kind of Funny X cast on Saturdays. As I do, I was on a run listening to Mike and the team talk about this. And Mike brought up the potential for more maps to come in the future. That does not seem to be the case to me. And I do want to kind of point out one of the nuggets here of information. Here we go. He writes, during season two, we will also be shipping playlist updates, balance changes, new modes and maps specifically, and this is where we tune in one arena map named Catalyst and one big team battle map named Breaker. That gives me the assumption that when you define these specific numbers, one arena map and one big team battle map, those are the only two maps coming. This has been six months since the launch of Halo Infinite. I understand that things are difficult. I understand that work from home has been a challenge. We've been grinding these same maps These same maps for six months. I need more content to come back to Halo Infinite. Now, when you look at the other first person shooters that are out there, Battlefield, not even a factor anymore. And that's coming from someone who played a good bit of Battlefield 2042. Uh, When you look at Call of Duty Vanguard, again, you see the potential delay for the 2023 game. And a lot of people are looking back to Call of Duty Vanguard and saying, hey, that's probably a good call. When you have these two big first person shooters that are poorly performing, you do buy yourself some time, but I haven't played Halo Infinite on the regular in roughly about three weeks or so, maybe a month, a little bit over a month, somewhere around there, because the weekly missions don't tickle my itch. There's no reason for me to come back and buy these. Uh, For instance, I think this week is a uh, armor uh, weapon skin or a vehicle emblem like that kind of stuff. Doesn't really bring me back in. There's got to be something that I can grind that's enjoyable. And when you finished the event passes, when you finished the battle pass, there really isn't anything else to do. Uh, But it would be all right if these seasons were at a a faster cadence. If season two had been here in February or January, that would have felt really good. Kick off the new year with a, a new season. That would have been fantastic. But we're talking about May. We're talking about something that, as of today, is still two months away. That's a long time. Uh, Now, on top of this, you're also going to be seeing three new modes. You'll have Last Spartan Standing, a free-for-all elimination mode, King of the Hill, and Land Grab, which is entirely new. Then you have three new modes, two of which are basically returns. You have the last Spartan standing, which is a free-for-all elimination mode. We have elimination now. It's pretty much just going to be a not-team-based version of elimination, kind of like a free-for-all search and destroy in Call of Duty terms from what I'm gathering. Uh, And then King of the Hill is a classic Halo experience, which it's good to see. Uh, Now, I'm looking forward to learning more about Land Grab. but in short, we have two returning modes in some capacity, one new mode and two new maps, along with some new cosmetics to earn. That's not enough content for me. For six months of waiting, uh, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just biased or maybe I'm just uh, frustrated in general. But then there's also priority three, which is campaign co-op, Forge and season three. The basic rundown here is this, quote, We're making great progress on campaign network co-op, and to be clear, this work has been occurring in parallel to Season 2 work, as has our work on Forge. But the reality is that it's going to take more time to land a high-quality, full-featured, four-player network co-op experience in this massive, wide-open world of Halo Infinite. We are also committed to a great two-player split-screen co-op experience on all Xbox consoles from the original Xbox One through the Xbox Series X any the non-linear wide-open sections of the campaign present some big challenges for split-screen that have taken us more time to solve. All this means that we will not be able to ship the campaign network co-op on May 3rd at the start of Season 2, but we are still aiming to deliver campaign network co-op later in season two, and we will share a release date for that and for split screen co-op as soon as we can. So campaign co-op not happening at launch. The way this is worded gives them room to push it even further. They're aiming to deliver it in season two. I bet that it's going to be towards the end of season two, if not later in season three. And again, we don't know when that will last. Could Season three. I mean, if we have it starting in May, could it last until November? I certainly hope not. But based on experience, it very well could. Uh, Now, of course, you also have the work on season three also beginning, which is good. And Forge is supposed to come sometime in season three. But season two, not doing it for me so far, especially not with the campaign co-op coming but potentially the most exciting part of this entire announcement is that season one is getting a new tactical ops experience next week. It's going to be running, I believe, starting on March the 8th, and it's going to be focusing on the Mark seven core focused rewards you can earn. And you can find a couple of leaks on Twitter if you dig far enough. Uh, but In short, you have not only new cosmetics, but also the Tactical Ops playlist, which includes, according to Halo Noticias MX, it's a a Spanish-speaking Halo uh, Infinite Leaks and News uh, account, you have Tactical Slayer with Stalkers, Tactical Slayer with Commandos, Tactical Slayer with Sidekicks, and Tactical Slayer with Manglers. That's the kind of gameplay I want. I know that I'm a sucker for, but I love some SWAT. Bringing Manglers into the mix sounds phenomenal. And of course, here are the cosmetics that you can earn. You have some pretty cool skins and a meal uh, keychain here and some other stuff, bells and whistles and whatnot. I really like that uh, armor style here. But man, I still want more than this, but it's exciting. This is something that's going to bring me back and I will be playing Tactical Ops. So in short, it's a mixed bag with Halo Infinite right now because I want to adore this game. I really do want to get back into Halo Infinite because it feels good. It plays well. But when it comes to where the game is at right now, we need more maps. We need more unique modes that are innovative. We need Forge to help Give the players the tools they need to make their own modes that will then eventually be baked into the full game. I mean, that's how some of the most popular game modes ever came to be, is through these unique tools that were given to players. That is what we need. And so far, Season 2 is not doing it for me. Now, once again, I want to drive home the point of priority zero, the work life balance, the satisfaction, and the happiness of the team. That is paramount because when you burn out the team, you burn out the talent. When you burn out the talent, the game dies. That's what happens. So keep those people happy. But it's important to continue pacing yourself well because not everybody's going to hang around forever. And new games are on the way. This fall, you're going to see a new slate of new first-person shooters, new uh, annual releases, things like that are on the way. And there's a big backlog of people to dive into again. But Halo done right is really nice. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Infinite Redemption arc. And I'm still a fan of the game. I'm still going to play some next week but we need more. We just do. And to wrap up today's show, Japan has bought 2.3 million Xbox consoles in the last 20 years, a new report reveals. This report comes from Chris Scullion over at VGC, who writes, that's according to a new report in the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu Magazine, which celebrates the 20th anniversary of Xbox in Japan. According to the report, a total of 2,345,975 Xbox consoles have been sold in Japan as of February 6th, 2022. The vast majority of these were Xbox 360s, of which there were 1,616,128. The entire rundown can be found down here, with the original Xbox selling just under half a million, the 360 coming in at about 1.6, the Xbox One selling just shy of 115,000 units, and the the Xbox Series X and S already selling 142,024. So that's pretty good so far. Now, of course, the best selling games in Japan for the Xbox in the last 20 years were Dead or Alive 3, Star Ocean 4, The Last Hope, Tales of Vesperia, Blue Dragon, and The Last Remnant, all of which except for Dead or Alive 3 are on the Xbox 360. So what this tells us is that the Xbox Series X is doing well in the region. You see more people jumping back on board. Uh, Of course, as compared to the lifetime sales of the Xbox 360, nothing yet. Personally, I doubt that it can touch those numbers. Uh, But what I do see is that this is a very diverse market, and that's something that anybody could have pinpointed. The PlayStation consoles continue to sell incredibly well. The PS5 is already breaking a million. You see 20 million uh, Switches sold. This is not the market for Xbox, but it's a market that the Xbox is trying to tap into. And I think that Microsoft is investing heavily in Game Pass and you're getting uh, more of these anime style games that are coming into it that may not appeal to me. Now, it's something that I have been trying, uh, but they appeal to another type of audience that may be gaming around the world. And so I think that's what you begin to see is where you see a diversification of the games that Microsoft is promoting. You know, gone are the days where Halo and Gears of War are the core of their marketing experience. Uh, Now you have games like Edge of Eternity right there front and center. Uh, you have games like Final Fantasy 13, Lightning Returns right there, dead and center. And so being able to bring in the Final Fantasy games and being able to bring in uh, diverse experiences goes a long way in making this piece of hardware appeal to a wider audience. And that's exactly uh, what Microsoft needs. But on the 20-year anniversary of Xbox, or just a couple of months after the 20-year anniversary of Xbox, you have 2.3 million Xboxes being sold in the region. Hopefully more are on the way, Uh, but Microsoft is certainly fighting an uphill battle here, and I'll be shocked if they can ever hit those same numbers the PlayStation or Nintendo hit. That's just how the region is, in my opinion. But that wraps up today's episode of Exhibition, and Xbox podcast. A bit of a longer one, but some very good discussions had in here about Halo Infinite and so much more. So again, if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or on a podcast platform of your choice. You can always follow me on Twitter, on TikTok. I'm putting stuff up throughout the week for you guys to enjoy. So I do hope you tune in and enjoy it. Uh, But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon and keep on playing.